Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay, so welcome everyone to this talk, this dialogue about global crisis as a catalyst for planetary awakening. My name is David Nichol, founder of the Subtle Activism Network, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to be going into this very hopefully relevant discussion tonight about how these global crises that we're facing can also be opportunities that we can take for our collective and personal awakening. And I'm also gonna, we're also going to talk about an upcoming course, a subtle activism training, <clears throat> could create a coherent group field for profound personal support and collective transformation. That's one way of responding to this uh, challenge of our moment in a coherent way. So. Again, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I know we're all busy people, and it's really a delight to be able to have this opportunity to talk about this um, very relevant topic at this time. I'm especially happy to be here with my good friend and colleague, Phil Philip Helmick. Uh, Philip is the Director of Peace at the Shift Network. He's the Director of the Summer of Peace and the lead designer of the World Peace Library. The Summer of Peace is an annual event created by the Shift Network in 2012, and it includes a free online telesummit that features interviews with peace builders from around the world. Philip and I have uh, collaborated on that project together since 2012. <clears throat> Philip is also a member of the Guyfield Council. Uh, Guyfield Project is um, another project that um, I help direct, so we've been uh, close for many years. He's dedicated most of his life to global and local peace-building initiatives, including spending four years as a Peace Corps volunteer in Sierra Leone, where he lived and worked in small remote bush villages. He's the author of God and Conflict, A Search for Peace in a Time of Crisis, uh, which is a wonderful read about his personal journey into these issues. And he also serves as advisor to the Global Peace Initiative of Women, uh, Philip and Emily Hine will be leading another dialogue tomorrow night, actually called Mindfulness and Peace Building, which is another uh, take on these issues that we'll discuss tonight. Uh, and if you're interested in that, you can register for free at uh, theshiftnetwork.com <clears throat> backslash mindfulness and peace building. Uh, that's theshiftnetwork.com backslash mindfulness and peace building. <clears throat> so, Philip, it's wonderful to have you with us here. Thanks so much for being part of this, my friend. Yes, David. Th thank you so much. I just so much appreciate you, the Guyville Project, the work you do with several activism, and our partnership over the years and our friendship. So thank you. Yeah, great. Thanks, Philip. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to begin just to arrive here so that we can all arrive here more fully to do a short meditation <clears throat> so we can settle here ground ourselves in this moment, <clears throat> let go of whatever we might be carrying from the day. So I invite you wherever you are, <clears throat> just to take a few deep breaths, close your eyes. <clears throat> Feel your feet on the floor. And just letting yourself settle into this moment, settling into whatever's here for you, whatever feelings, sensations are here, giving them space with your breath, with your awareness. And just consciously letting go of any part of your mind that may be involved in 
things from the past, things you might have to do to get to this call, and things that you might be thinking of for what will be following the call. Just letting yourself enter into this fresh moment more fully, more deeply. And I'd invite you to just take a moment to sense into our collective field. We've been brought here together with a similar interest, similar intention, hearing a similar call. People from various different parts of the planet just sensing this collective field forming in this moment just through our presence. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that just completely changes the space in which I can talk into. Amazing how simple practice like that can do that. So we're going to start with framing this dialogue, talking again about these global crises that we're facing as a potential catalyst for planetary awakening. And the first point I want to make is that <clears throat> we've been in this process for some time where presumably most of you who are drawn to this kind of call are among those who have been quite aware that we're involved in this large transition, this collective initiatory crisis, if you like, where it's been obvious for some time that the systems of the current dominant culture are really not sustainable and that we're engaged in this epic process of transition. Something new is trying to come through onto the planet, a fundamentally new way of being, uh, and that there's a certain urgency to it in the sense that it's very clear that the old ways of doing things you know, could lead to widespread uh, suffering and a certain form of collapse. Uh, so there's a need for something else to come through. And this you know, epic movement of movements that's bigger than any individual or any organization or uh, any any even one stream uh, <clears throat> that's engaged in this process of transitioning to a more um, interconnected world, one that works for all, one that uh, recognizes uh, the sacred dimensions of the Earth and the cosmos and each other. Uh, so we've been engaged in this process for a while, and but now it feels like we're really at a critical point in the in the journey, and you know I think these latest um, terrorist outbreaks, uh, the shootings in Paris, San Bernardino, and that's what gave me the inspiration to put on this particular call on this particular topic. Is there's a felt sense that um, now the issue is really at the foreground, so. In one sense, you could say that that particular situation is just one symptom of this multidimensional global crisis that we're facing. You know, there's the potential of climate change uh, disruption. There's the mass species extinction 
There's the ongoing threat of uh, that we have nuclear uh, weapons, uh, running out of oil, water shortages, financial collapse. You know, there's there's any number of ways that uh, we could experience this crisis uh, coming more to the foreground. This is but this is one of them, and it's really focalized our attention now. Um, so it feels like it's making very clear putting right in front of us what our challenge is, what our task is. Uh, we could easily be <clears throat> uh, taken in a negative spiral into um, more violence and retributions. But within that crisis and that danger, there is also this opportunity for us to come together as we never have before and for us all to reach to a higher octave, uh, to reach toward the, 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 the higher expression of ourselves in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Uh, so part of um, the inspiration too behind this call is this um, felt sense that in particular, in Western societies, you know, and I am a Westerner, so that's my primary perspective, uh, that when we're facing in particular this challenge of um, religious fundamentalism, but also any, any one of these challenges that we've mentioned, uh, climate change, species extinction, et cetera, et cetera, it feels like we're reaching a point where it's becoming clear that the normal responses of the West, uh, the normal tools of the West in terms of rationality, science, um, our liberal political traditions, and so on, it's not enough uh, to meet those challenges. It's like we are all being called to reach to a higher octave. Uh, and in the West, my passionate sense is that we're being called to like a spiritual challenge for us to activate higher frequencies of our consciousness in the West. Only that is going to meet this challenge. Um, and that is going to take from those of us who have been on a spiritual path, who have developed in consciousness, we are being called to step up and to um, step up our game so that we're moving beyond um, engaging in our spiritual pursuits in a purely private way where we're focusing almost exclusively on our, on our own personal growth. And it's like we're being challenged to harness our spiritual capacities in service to the whole, in service of something larger. There's a calling that's here right now that's... Uh, very clear, and that's what I feel strongly to be the challenge of our moment, <clears throat> and that that can help the Western world in a very meaningful, important way to develop our collective spiritual consciousness so that we can absorb this challenge, these blows, without acting them out. Uh, and then, and then we have the opportunity to all together rise into something that I think is a quite extraordinary possibility of a more ecstatic, unitive, planetary consciousness. And, and nothing less than that feels like is what is being called forth in this moment. So I really passionately believe that this is our moment to rise to that challenge. And I'm excited to talk about ways that we can do that, actual pragmatic ways that we can do that together because we have to do it together so this is just setting the framework and um, and so Philip I would love to invite you to offer any reflections on just that initial uh, vision of what we're talking about here today well, well David I, I just think it's it, you know it's really well framed uh, I know we've had many conversations about this uh, and also with the Guyville Council there's there really is an awakening happening, and it's so easy to get lost. It's so easy to, to get, 
that balance between hope and despair is so easy. And I, I just think I think it's really spot on. And I, I just want to share just a, a few personal reflections, and then we can go into a deeper dialogue. Um, this this whole thing about breaking the heart open and being confronted with with horrendous atrocities um, is is just an important part of deepening the spiritual practice and then learning to go into out, outward action. And you know, this is something that um, I've experienced quite a bit. Um, as you mentioned, lived in Sierra Leone for four years, and they went back during the war. And while while going back during the war and then after the war, we confronted with the fact that child soldiers were being used as weapons of war, some as young as eight years old, sacking the villages I lived in, some of my friends killed, raped, so forth. And I just have to say from that experience, um, it's really easy to get overwhelmed by fear and anger and so forth. And so I really want to offer a lot of empathy for, for people um, who are concerned about Paris, the San Bernardino, Bernardino uh, shootings. I just want to offer a lot of empathy here. And, and also, you know, in an interesting way, from that experience with Sierra Leone and then traveling across sub-Saharan Africa to different conflict zones, while going deeper into a Kriya yoga practice, a, a few things became really apparent. One is the Yogananda would say suffering in the world drives us to seek God or spirit, whatever word works for you. So in some ways, the global crisis is, is pushing all of us to inward to really look. And, and so it's, it's imperative that we do the inner work and really you know, confront our own our own shadows, our own anger, our own fear, and so forth, and then be able to tap into a place of a deeper level of awareness where there is an experience of a non-dual state where we can feel our oneness with everything. So that's an essential part of this equation. The other part is then the outward action. And what's interesting, um, I talk a lot about this in our our peace work, is that when you tap into that deeper non-dual state, Richard Miller, who's a scientist, and will be with us in the Peace Master training, he says, you know, it's, it's really scientifically proven that we can go into non-dual states. It activates different parts of the brain. It awakens our sense of compassion. And then more importantly, it brings about a sense of life purpose to then act in the world that's unique to that individual. So that's an important part of this whole, whole equation is, is to really support one another, to do the inner work. And then the outer action then is informed by that inner that inner work. And I just have to say, David, you know, whether a person is deeply on a spiritual path or a person is just really responding from a place of deep humanity, I've and this is the part that gives me hope is is I witness peace builders around the world, certainly on Liberia, Congo, Rwanda, Burundi, uh, you know, number of other places, Nepal and. Macedonia and China and, you know, inner cities, U.S., if there is something rising up out of the collective consciousness, it's really in the human DNA to be compassionate, taught forgiveness, and that there is a global response that's not being shown in the media. And if you will, that's really the awakening of the human consciousness and particularly the divine feminine aspect of the human consciousness, of, of universal consciousness. And so that, that's just a few personal reflections. I think what you're yeah. proposing, you know, what you frame here so well is, is really inviting all of us to go into that journey of breaking the heart open, going more deeply inward, tapping in, and, 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 and then taking outward action. Uh, David, I know you, you've been thinking a lot about this inner work and outer action too. Would you like to elaborate in your own reflections? Yeah, yeah I, I really appreciated what you said about acknowledging the you know, the, this journey between uh, fear and hope or despair and hope. And one of the aspects I think is really important at the moment is uh, it's just acknowledging our, our humanness. And it's it's this sense that I feel like there's something important that's, that's emerging in the consciousness movement in spirituality itself is this democratization of spirituality so that moving away from these ideals of um, you know, having to be the perfect enlightened uh, individual uh, in order to, to be able to contribute something in these, in these spheres. Um, 
there's a sense that you know, we can to acknowledge our human side it's natural that there's you know fear and concern in response to a lot of these issues but in particular to be recognizing that um, we can do so much when we come together in collectives uh, this this feels like another aspect of what's emerging at the moment is this movement away from um, just a purely individual centered vision of of uh, spiritual work and growth toward what we can accomplish together how we can create uh, communities together that really hold each other in our experience uh, support each other in our fear and despair and also to uplift each other to higher octaves and and uh, creating you know, I think really interesting and profound resources that uh, emerge when we come together as a group and bring our uh, respective spiritual capacities together. Uh, so, you know, I think this um, element of being human, uh, but realizing that the power we have as we come together um, is also extraordinary at the same time. Yeah, that's really well said, David. You know, it's interesting. We have a few different things come to mind uh, or heart here. You know, um, I'll refer to Yogananda. I'm, I'm transparent that definitely Yogananda. But you know, he was saying that hope comes from an intuitive awareness of our soul, spirit, essence. Like hope arises from there. And then also, you know, the idea of where two or more are gathered. I mean, anyone who's been in collective meditations know that the energy field is really ramped up in collective meditations. And then recently heard Llewellyn Von Lee say that when he went into his ecstatic states early on, dissolving into oneness, that he saw that all of the information that's needed to help the world accelerate through these crises uh, already exists. He says they can be accessed. They can be accessed through deep practice, uh, with purity of a heart, purity of intention, that there can't be an element of, of selfishness to it. So when we think about the individuals coming together in practice and supporting one another, the humanness, yes. I mean, I, I experience the fear and, 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 and reactions. We all do. And when we can collectively support one another and then go into higher states of consciousness, we start to access information that's already there. I mean, Llewellyn Von Lee's like all the all the information and technology we would ever need to get through these crises already exists on the right. subtle planet. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, if I could ahead. jump in there, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say you you inspired me to uh, think about this. There's uh, <clears throat> on the one hand, there's the the fear and the concern about what's happening on the planet as we see various symptoms of this of these crises um, break out but on the other the experience that I've had when we've done these collective meditations uh, and uh, other experiences of being on the edge of evolution of the life force um, whenever I have that experience there's such a power and such a sense of 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 joy and a knowing of the um, potential of this life force. So in particular, when we've been doing, say, these collective global meditations, there's something people get a taste for what's coming in terms of this possibility of coming together in unitive planetary consciousness and the awakening of that. It's so fresh. It's It has sort of the felt sense of like a, like a, an arrival of a newborn, uh, and there's 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 virtually always this sense of great joy, this discovery of and this knowing of this true good power that's emerging as we're you know discovering this collective capacity. Uh, so I think it's uh, in my experience it's. It's really like a potent antidote to the anxiety and the fear and the despair. If we're putting our attention on what's falling away, that's where you know that that's what we will tend to experience. But if we put our attention on what's rising, then you know, we can be put in touch with um, a really authentic sense of hope, which is an, is a natural 
um, state that emerges, I think, when we're in touch with that creative life force as it's, as it's coming through. Yes, David, really, really well said. And I, I just also want to acknowledge you and the Gaiapo Project and, and many of the groups that are organizing these group meditations because they're part of this continuum of peace building that's emerging around the world from inner international. And it, it's a really important part uh, because those global meditations go alongside with the other actions that are taking. You know, there's, there's, I mean, I could go on and on about the groups that are practicing nonviolent communication or teaching peace education school, and there's, you know, policy work being done in Washington D.C. and other capitals around the world. There's, there's a lot of really hard-nosed, grounded, practical peace building work that's happening. And the part that I love about what you're exploring, and you can say more about what subtle activism, but you know, there's really, there's, there's there's a bringing together of a wide range of different approaches to respond to the crisis today. And this particular part is really, really, really essential. I know, I know you've been particularly looking at this in terms of, you know, some different streams of wisdom and power that's being brought through. Um, so I just want to, just want to acknowledge that what we're discussing is in addition to, you always often say this about subtle activism, it's in addition right. to, some of these other actions that are happening, and it's such a vital, important one because, because you know, it, I mean, the information that we can gather through these experiences will inform us more and more in ways that our rational mind, particularly when it's reacting to fear, cannot. Right, right. Yeah, and I think it's why you know we have had a, a really uh, fertile, creative collaboration. Philip is is you know your very in touch with the full spectrum of peace building initiatives you know from the the most sort of hard nosed grounded uh you know initiatives in the military and working with vets and um you, you know you've had an incredible array of um peace building perspectives come through you know your work in the last few years um and I've been more focused on this piece the potential of the the, the subtle work the spiritual work but I think what is very promising and exciting about how it's emerging in our times <clears throat> is precisely this uh, possibility that it can be deeply integrated with all those other approaches. So it feels grounded to me. Uh, we're not suggesting that it's you know that work on its own is all that's needed. But when you when you um, add in this work, this this piece, which has typically been overlooked and in our you know extroverted society has not been uh, i think seen for the full value that it has um it adds almost like a magical dimension um of depth that in combination with with these creative actions and initiatives that are coming through in all sorts of ways um you know is a it's a really powerful combination um and What's, it, what's been exciting to me, in a sense, is to take an idea that uh, in some sense has been sort of relegated to the fringe new age, if you like, uh, and to take what's real in it and true uh, and to link it deeper and deeper into our actual um, you know, mainstream society so that it can um, really bring about a very profound Transformation of heart in our in our culture that's needed at the moment. So. Yes, yes, it is. It is. Yes, David, very, very well said. And what I love about, you know, you you had hosted a, a subtle act, activism summit. I mean, you had scientists together right along with mystics and activists. And so, this whole domain that you know that you've really been championing is um, it's really integrated with with emerging science. Um, Right, so it, right, it, it, right. It is a time because, I mean, the crises, I mean, at the root of these crises is, is really a spiritual crisis um, yeah. globally, a sense of separation, a sense of separation from our deepest oneness with spirit and then how that manifests and how we interact in the world. Um, David, I, I know you've got a lot to say here. I want to just invite you to talk about... Um, about some some streams of wisdom and power that you see emerging through this process. Yeah, no, thank you, Philip. I, th I think that um, 
my sense of one one way to think about the, our moment and the opportunity that's here um, and the task that's here before us is that um, it, it feels like what's it, what's emerging as integral to this new paradigm, this new world that we want to bring into being. Um, I would say as, as, as three significant streams. One is is as you were saying, feminine wisdom, uh, the reemergence of you know the the particular wisdom, the connectivity, the the life, the creative life force that's so fundamental to uh, the feminine. Um, and our age is very much about the emergence of the feminine. Um, you know, the Dalai Lama said famously that he felt like it was going to be Western women that saved the world. Uh, and I feel a truth to it. There's a there's a particular current that I feel like um, you know men and women are carrying it, but in some sense, you know, it's it's, it's closer to women. Um, and it, it it's this um, you know incredible unstoppable power. I think once that gets fully liberated, I think it's one of the, the major leverage points that we have on the planet at the moment. Uh, so it's coming into alignment and supporting that emergence of feminine wisdom. <clears throat> uh, a second stream is indigenous wisdom. Um, and, you know, the uh, indigenous paths carry so much of the knowledge about how to live in harmony with the planet. Uh, so much of our ecological crisis you know, is can be resolved by being informed by, in particular, you know, indigenous streams of wisdom. They're the ones that carry the knowledge, in, you know, of all spiritual traditions about um, earth, earth-centered wisdom, earth-centered spirituality. How to, uh, you know, feel our unity in a very deep way. Um, how to live it. How to reconnect with the rituals of life that put us back in touch with um, um, the sacredness of the earth and the cosmos. So there's, there's much for us to learn from you know, indigenous wisdom traditions. Um, <clears throat> um, and, and then the third stream I'll mention is, is diversity in general. <clears throat> diversity as, and I think as a spiritual possibility. Um, and you know, I've, I very much resonate with the indigenous prophecy about the um, rainbow nation. You know, the emergence of the rainbow nation. That that vision that there will come a time when all the races have to pull together, all the cultures pull together to bring healing to the earth. And that clearly feels like a task of our of our moment. Uh, so. It, I'm also um, convinced, you know, in a Jungian sense, Carl Jung, you know, was famously had the the idea that it's what's in the shadow that is needed to bring us to wholeness. It's always, you know, it's usually counterintuitively the thing that we've been pushing away when we embrace it uh, is what actually brings us into wholeness. I think something similar is there on a collective level. It's the it's the cultures that have been repressed, um, you know, in this country, in particular, Native Americans and African Americans. Um, but you know, we could look around the world at all the cultures that that have been um, dominated or repressed. It's liberating those forces that feel like they actually have the the crucial pieces, the energy, the the wisdom, the unique perspectives. Uh, for us to come fully and authentically into a planetary, true planetary wisdom culture, uh, they're holding a very key piece. And um, and I'd like to think too, I'd like to say that I feel like um, you know there's a lot of awareness around diversity issues at the moment, um, but I feel like there's a um, a higher octave too for that conversation. So that it's not simply about um, us treating each other fairly within 
the, the current paradigm within the current economic system or the current political system. And that might be part of it, but it feels like there's something more profound that we could aim for um, that it, that is really being asked for. Uh, ultimately, it's about you know liberating everyone to step into their full creative potential as a human being, which includes, I think, the unique potentials that we carry as members of a particular culture, um, and especially those cultures which have been repressed or marginalized, to hold the space for uh, you know what is their highest spiritual potential, creative potential, um, that when it comes into the the stream of you know world consciousness <clears throat> could contribute something really beautiful um, and and then finally what I would say with that is it feels important with those streams that it's in partnership uh, it's in partnership you know with aspects of members of say the dominant culture and aspects of the dominant culture that are awake, that are willing, that are wanting to extend their hands. So those of us, you know, in the West, uh, men, white people, but who are, um, you know, really awake and leaning in, <clears throat> like it has to be in partnership um, across the board. It feels like that's the vision that I'm holding as this one of the, you know, the emergence of the true rainbow nation um, and it feels like this is the moment, this is the challenge that is calling that forward in a true sense. So this is not just words, you know, it feels like this is really here and this is really what we're being called into at the moment. Um, you know, no matter where we are on that spectrum, it feels like we're being called into the highest expression of ourselves for this evolutionary purpose of bringing through something spectacular on the planet um, that's absolutely needed as an antidote to the pull of you know the negativity that's there right right and David this, this is so well said I mean and we you know we touched upon earlier how the deep inner work that each of us do to tap in more deeply and then coming together collectively and um, and it's, it's only natural that the feminine voice is really, really being called upon right now, the indigenous. And I just love the perspective of the diversity being each of us bringing our highest potential forward. Um, so that's really, really, really well said. Dave, um, I want to invite you to, to talk more specifically around the um, subtle activism part of this whole dimension as we have this yeah. awakening the feminine, the awakening of the, or the in, more acknowledgement of the indigenous wisdom, diversity, you know, what, I mean, the subtle activism has really been the area that you've been championing. So lead us, yeah. start us a look at that. Yeah, 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 thanks, Philip. So, yeah, so subtle activism is really, it's a methodology for enacting this shift that we've been talking about, enacting um, this shift into a more, re-enchanted planetary awareness that feels so vital if we're going to make this transition. And when I say methodology, what I mean is it's, 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 it's an emphasis on actually practicing together, engaging in spiritual consciousness-based practices together that are not just focused on our individual growth, but are focused on collective transformation. So it's extending our spiritual awareness into the collective realm and offering the fruits of our collective presence and our collective spiritual intelligence and capacities you know, for the whole. Uh, so um, it feels like it's, um, you know, and it's an innovation, I think, in a couple of different ways. <clears throat> We're definitely interested in exploring the potential of group consciousness. So now that we have uh, these technologies that enable us to connect as we're doing tonight with people around the world, um, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of different internet technologies emerging that facilitate very profound experiences of global 
connectivity and communion and can be used to allow people all over the world to drop in together into really profound states of, of connection, uh, of compassion for things happening in the world, uh, and then to harness that field to support positive collective change in the world. So for example, this very week, we have the Climate Change Conference in Paris. And as you know, um, there's been a lot of subtle activism being practiced to support the highest and best outcome of that event. We did a global meditation uh, the day before the conference began. Um, there's this new technology called the Amplifield, which has been, uh, when you go onto the website, it has a global uh, a map of the Earth with lights on it um, of where people are around the world. And there's been lots of meditations occurring on that Amplifield throughout the conference to support um, the highest and best outcome. Um, so that's an example of how it can be used in conjunction, you know, with inspired creative actions happening in the world. Um, so in my experience, it really gives people um, an opportunity to come together for this higher purpose. Uh, and the word that people most seem to use when they have a taste of engaging in this way is is hope. Um, is this, it's very common that people, uh, when they engage in this way with a, with a group of like-minded people and contact something very profound, a uh, profound source of wisdom um, in relation to these things that are happening in the world, they come away from that experience with a sense of authentic hope uh, because they're in touch with this intelligence, this evolutionary intelligence that is moving forward, you know, in a wise and um, and potent way. So, um, you know, that's that's sort of just like a broad overview of of that arena. Yeah, Dave, I, I think I yeah, ha having participated in in many of these subtle activism events, I mean, I just want to you know offer my own testimony that it's a, it's a very powerful experience to be in a deep meditation and prayer with a group of people from around the world directing, you know, positive energies towards, towards whether it's general or towards, you know, like the highest outcome. Um, a, for one, it's, I'm no longer alone. You know, I'm no longer just meditating right. alone. Like I can right. feel a connection with, with people. And the field, when you say the field, it's a field of energy and consciousness that opens up, and it's quite strong. I mean, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, in the work in Sierra Leone, my mentor and I had gone back over there during the war and met with traditional healers, and they said, the war is not only happening on the physical plane, it's also happening on the spiritual dimension. And, 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 and so with the subtle activism, we're increasing the positive on the on the spiritual planes, you know, we're we're activating, po we're accessing positive aspects on the on the spiritual planes. We're accessing a range of potential assistance from different different ascended masters, if you will, that right. then ser serves as a link to bring that vibration and consciousness here on on Earth. And um, I mean, one friend who's a subtle activist has said, you know, there's a lot of help waiting for us, but we have we need to ask for it. And right. so I think it's really powerful. I mean, you can talk a little bit about, I mean, I know you've mentioned the magical battle of Britain uh, several times. you want to touch upon that? And then I'd love sure. to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the magical battle. Um, it, but, but just briefly, um, the more that I stay with this work, the honest truth is the more that I see the power of the work. And, um, you know, I'm someone actually with a well-developed skeptical mind. I used to be a lawyer, uh, have a PhD in philosophy, you know, have a very well-developed rational mind. Um, <clears throat> and so I've worked over the years with my skeptic uh, that's that sort of reared its head in relation to uh, this approach because the fact is, you know, these are, um, we're working at an invisible level. You know, that's that's what happens when you're working on the subtle plane. The mind, the rational mind, wants to see hard proof. You know, um, and I mean, there 
there is very interesting scientific evidence, which I won't go into fully now, but uh, I've, you know, I've researched that in, in depth. But um, the more that I've done this practice, just um, the fact that we're operating from a very causal level of consciousness, it's like, it's almost like um, atomic power. Like when we just, you know, who would have thought that, that the tiny, tiny atom when split would release such, you know, explosive energy. Um, and there's something similar about this when you're operating at the, you know, Gandhi famously said, the more powerful force is, the more silent and the more subtle it is. Uh, when you're operating at that very subtle level, it's like your leverage point into the whole system is profound. Uh, it's setting in motion a kind of, um, energetic wave that that you know, seems to carry through with incredible force, and I think the more that we are doing it, the more that we're waking up to this this capacity, um, the more it's going to grow like that. You know, the more people who engage with it, the more sophisticated our um, experience of how we do this. Uh, so, just to say it, you know, more and more, I'm feeling. Um, uh, you know this 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 knowing of how powerful this this force really is, um, and so so yeah we'll mention briefly this the magical battle of Britain. I think it's I think it's a very fascinating story and I think has uh, interesting parallels to our moment because uh, <clears throat> what happened was in World War Two when Germany invaded Poland, um, Dion Fortune who is a, a, a an esoteric teacher in England, she started this project that came to be called the Magical Battle of Britain. And basically she enrolled her network throughout Britain um, in these series of weekly meditations where they were uh, very specifically intending to strengthen uh, the uh, the, the the British collective consciousness, and what they ended up doing was um, connecting with certain archetypes that were very uh, resonant with the the English national tradition. Uh, specifically, there was uh, these these archetypes related to the myth of King Arthur and the Holy Grail, and also of Christ and and Christianity. That those those were the traditions and the the, the threads, uh, the lineages that um, spoke to the English mind. And their work was to hold in this particular kind of meditation uh, this focus with the understanding that it would help sort of bleed through those qualities into the English collective mind. Um, there's a wonderful book about it called The Magical Battle of Britain that's very fascinating. Um, and... I just think it's a it's a very interesting story of you know a very specific project that engaged um a very real threat in the world you know on these subtle planes and of course you know there's no proof of of, of how that um that that works but you know there's um it's 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 something that you know, you can intuitively sense the potency of engaging in that way. And, you know, I, I do have a feeling that there's something um, analogous to that that we can do today to help um, bring through, you know, this vision of a unitive planetary consciousness. You know, we're in a different time. It's a different challenge. But uh, there's some some of that wisdom there that we can draw upon today. Yeah, and, and David, this is a perfect segue because what I love is you've done all the scientific research. You've written a, you know a book that's been published um, that you know by a university. I mean, you've done so much around this, and now you're offering people the opportunity to study with you and practice with you. Could you tell us a little bit about this course that's coming up, the Subtle Activism Training? Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, it's a very, you know, exciting time personally and for our work. We, we've been building foundations in this field that we're calling subtle activism for many years. And it's only in the last few months that it sort of popped uh, so that it's now really ready to um, 
uh, you know, to be offered in a much wider way. Um, and this course is one of those offerings. So it's a seven-week online course starting January 19. Uh, and basically what we do is we create a really strong group container to support uh, learning this approach both in a deep experiential way and also theoretically being exposed to, <clears throat> you know, I do talk about some of the basic ideas and concepts behind this approach of subtle activism, <clears throat> some of the scientific theories and the evidence, um, it, its significance in the evolution of consciousness, um, how to create group fields, <clears throat> principles of how we engage in uh, subtle activism. Um, <clears throat> but the, I would say the heart of the course it's about um, co-creating a really coherent group field. Um, we did this in uh, in October with uh, the first group that, that went through this course, and it was really uh, amazing. It was really fun how it how it worked. Um, there's a, a creative practice that has been emerging for me about <clears throat> how to how to work with group fields to build very deep levels of group synergy. And part of it involves uh, what feels like a, a new kind of practice where we, we co-create the subtle body of, of a group. Uh, and it, it's working with um, what I would call more the intersubjective field of the group. So there's, you know, we can we can meditate on our own and have a connection with 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 God, the whole. Um, but there's something else that comes into being when we're practicing together and we're experiencing what happens when our presence, our uh, yeah, our collective presence and awareness comes together um, and forms something new. You know, forms its own sort of uh, collective. Uh, body, and so we work with that principle, um, and it's been very effective in creating these, you know, very coherent and functional uh, group fields. So, part of what we do in the course is once the group comes into this uh, coherent field, it's like we start to invite the group mind to guide the process. So the the group. Um, weighs in and decides where we put our focus. So we do these, we, we build this group field and then we're doing practices where we're responding to things in the world that are calling for our attention. Uh, and the group starts to, the group intelligence starts to function in terms of where our group is called to go. Um, we also did something really fun in the last course where the group decided on a particular action that the group was called to take um, in order to help ground and man and sort of actualize the ideals and intentions that we had been doing in the subtle work. And so what happened in this last course was um, one of our group members lived in uh, Copenhagen and uh, she was feeling strongly called to travel to Paris to be there for the, the climate change conference. and. Uh, what emerged for us was this desire to do a public global meditation focused on the climate change conference. And the group decided to support Gail in, in covering her costs to actually travel to Paris. And so that happened, and it happened just like that. Uh, within a few days, we raised the money, Gail went there, we did the public meditation, and it was really awesome. So it's engaging like this, it's engaging the group in creating this strong field that's a really powerful personal support where you're held in this very meaningful sangha um, and also focusing, you know, drawing, focusing on these, um, you know, using the group field for a very higher purpose uh, and it's very uplifting to everyone in the field um, and then also to come together as a group in actual coordinated action. You know, it's, it's actually uh, very uh, touching um, so so it's so it's a seven weeks it's like 90 minutes um, per week there's also an extra 30 minutes of engagement with small uh, groups of three so you get a chance to connect in an intimate way 
Uh, we have an online community, a Facebook, private Facebook group that supports interactions in between. And then we also do this process where there's, it's an option, but we encourage people to um, sign up to engage in this daily resonance practice. So um, it's a practice where if people sign up, they get an email and or text reminder comes to their inbox just before 12 noon Pacific. And it contains a link to a three-minute sound meditation. And we found that to be a really powerful way of building the field between the classes. So it's a synchronized daily short practice that helps us come into the field again. Um, so um, yeah, we're very excited about this. is This is uh, quite new, this work. And if you're coming into this work, it's really coming in at the ground level of what feels like you know, an emerging movement that has a lot of potential to um, you know, learn together about how we can come together in very profound ways to discover deeper levels of our collective wisdom, our collective spiritual capacities to really make a difference on the planet. And I think the, the main appeal of this course is it can call forth like a next step for people who have done like a fair amount of spiritual work on themselves. Sometimes they can, we can get to a place, or, or quite frequently I would say, where um, it can become a little bit of a habit to be focusing on our personal issues, on you know, healing our personal issues. That's obviously uh, necessary and will will always be there. But sometimes if we remain there, um, it's like a certain plateau. We become identified as someone who is working on their issues and working on their issues and working on their issues. And what this offers is a new kind of vector in someone's spiritual evolution where you get connected with a group where you're uh, experiencing your spiritual presence in service to something very meaningful uh, that that can really uplift you uh, to a new, um, a whole new sort of vibration, really. And so many people experience it as providing a lot of hope, a lot of excitement, and being part of something you know bigger than themselves. Um, so that's what that's what we're yeah. offering. Well, well, David, wonderful. I I just want to mention. Um, I, I mean, it, this is such groundbreaking work that you've made available here to people. I mean, it's really based on scientific research. It's based on deep mysticism, and it's really practical. You, you know, you've done the course recently and had people from around the world participate. The website for people who are interested is subtleactivism.net. That's subtleactivism.net, S-U-B-T-L-E-A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M.net. And then you can click on the training, or you can just put backwards slash training onto that web URL. Um, David, this is—I mean, it's—it's it's just phenomenal, phenomenal offering that you're making here. Can you tell people a little bit about the cost and and the bonuses that are available? Yeah. So the the course is $297. We also have a payment plan where you can um, make three payments of $127. Um, and we have uh, a bonus if, if people sign up by uh, 6 p.m. this Friday, then there are actually two bonuses. Um, one is a really exquisite professional recording of our core uh, Guyfield Attunement Subtle Activism practice. And I had this made with uh, a musician and spiritual teacher named Jamie Deva, who um, he recorded the music. Um, originally in response to the meditation itself and um, and the, it, it, um, I'm, I'm you know very excited about that particular rendition of it it's uh, he's a he's a yeah, master musician and it really I think um, is, is going to be a very um, profound experience for people to um, have that uh, and and then there's also a City of Light digital art piece, which um, I had especially commissioned by an amazing um, digital artist. And it, it offers this, it's like a visionary art piece for 
a slightly futuristic city um, where it's it's uh, lit up by awareness and light. Um, it's quite a beautiful image, and it, it makes a great like uh, background image on your computer that provides this sort of uh, symbolic reference point. I think that can that can be very uplifting. Um, and uh, so so those two bonuses are available for people uh, who sign up by uh, 6 p.m. on Friday. Wonderful, David. And again, that website is subtleactivism.net backward slash training, subtleactivism.net uh, training. Uh, David, I, I can go on and on just about just really thanking you and congratulating you for developing this course to make the experience of subtle activism very accessible and and, and deepening. Uh, do you want to mention, uh, it's, we're here at the top of the hour, do you want to mention any, any highlights from the past course again that would encourage people um, to consider this this opportunity? Yeah, I mean, just to say that the, the, the past course was, uh, I mean, such a joyful process and, uh, you know, this, this work is very fresh, um, but I think it's this discovery of our collective capacities, you know, this, this um, you know, so many of us, I think, as you were saying, have this experience of, um, you know, we we live very separated lives. So to be part of a very deep uh, communion, a very deep, um, coherent group field, a sangha, uh, is itself a very significant experience. Um, but then to be offering it in service of things that are happening in the world, I think so many of us have the experience of not really quite knowing being concerned about what's happening in the world, feeling anxious about it, not really knowing how we can do something meaningful about it. And, you know, this is not necessarily for everyone. We all have different callings, but for, uh, you know, a number of people, this represents a way to engage meaningfully in, you know, contributing from your depths to um, a wave that's bringing through, you know, uh, what's needed to respond to what's happening in the world. And that can be, you know, a very meaningful experience. Um, and that seems to have been the experience of people in the course that we that we had so far. Mm, wonderful, David. Excellent. Excellent. Well, my friend, um, we're here at the top of the hour. Yeah. And I don't know if you have any... I, I, I just want to say, you know, subtle activism is an important part of the emerging peace building that's happening that's happening around the world. Again, from inner to international, it's a very important component that goes right alongside with the other aspects of peace building, whether it's with, you know, emerging think, thinking in the military or, or other parts. It's really leveraging really powerful forces, and I love that it's, it's, it's a group opportunity to do it together, whether people from different traditions can come together. So, David, my friend, I, I love these kind of dialogues with you. I really appreciate being part of this. And again, I want to congratulate you. Thank you for offering this course. And I'll leave it to you to, to close out the call. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Philip, for being part of it and, and for all, you know, our, our creative and heartfelt collaboration all these years. And so, I, you know, I so appreciate you and the work you're doing. Um, and, you know, I just want to say a heartfelt thanks to everyone for being here. And um, I think the last thing that is coming to me to say is I feel like we're at a moment that does call on all of us to gather our courage and to lean in and to find that higher octave. And I'll just say personally, doing this call um, has taken some courage for me, like I'm uh, to speak out about some of these issues. Um, you know, it's it's um, it does call on that uh, extra courage, uh, and I'm excited about and and deeply called to participate in you know, creating these spaces where we can come together as 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 humans, uh, not not necessarily spiritual saints, you know, just as humans who are, who are doing our best, um, to find the courage together. And to me, it feels authentically meaningful uh, that what 
you know, the, what we can contribute, what we can discover about what we can contribute by coming together in this in this ways, in these ways, is very meaningful. And part of what I feel like we can do, even if we're a relatively small group, I feel like what we're helping to do is raise the vibration and frequency, you know, of the whole consciousness. I mean, on the planet for sure, um, but in our respective societies calling the highest expression of our respective societies forward. It might be subtle, but I feel like it's a meaningful way and an effective way to actually um, be here at this time uh, to like almost like magnetically pull our societies up. We could spiral down into violence, but we can spiral up into something spectacular on the planet that's the calling i feel and you know i hope i i, I deeply would love to um play in that way in that very meaningful way with you know with many of you so so thank you philip and thank you everyone uh for taking this time uh to be here for this for this conversation uh, wishing you a wonderful rest of your day and uh, namaste for now. Thank you so much. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.